It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Now, from the most powerful city in the world, a new generation of conservative talk. Fair, fresh, fun. It's the Guy Benson Show with Guy Benson. It is Thursday, July 29th, 2021. Welcome to the Guy Benson Show. I'm Guy Benson. Glad to have you here every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our online home is GuyBensonShow.com, where the podcast is always free. Little heads up on today's show. I'll be live with you for this full hour. Then I have to go catch a flight. I'm headed to Texas tomorrow. We'll be seeing the governor, Greg Abbott. We'll be doing the show from Austin, Texas tomorrow, but I've got to catch this flight. So Harry Hurley is going to take over for the next two hours, but I'm here with you in hour number one. Looking forward to doing the show from Austin. Also, we'll be hosting Outnumbered on Fox News Channel tomorrow noon Eastern from Austin. So that'll be fun. Let me tell you about the lineup today. Byron York will join me this hour talking immigration and COVID. And then after Harry takes the reins here on the show, Congresswoman Kat Kemick, Republican of Florida, she'll be back on the program. And our colleagues at Fox News, Griff Jenkins and Dr. Mark Siegel, will also join the party. Let's bring you stats with a Fox News alert as we begin. Coronavirus cases in the United States, 34.7 million cumulatively. That's the official count. It's a very low official count. The death toll is 611,708 Americans have died from COVID. Dow is up 178 points right now to 35,109. So last night, Adam and I went to dinner with some folks in Washington, D.C., an Italian restaurant in the district. And we were talking a bit about the CDC guidance and masks. And we looked around and we noticed that there was no mask mandate in D.C. They were not mask required at the restaurant where we were dining. And some of our dining companions pointed this out. And I said, totally serious, I said, guys, it is an inevitable matter of time. I said, it's days, if not hours, it's going to happen. doesn't matter what the stats are in D.C. It doesn't matter what the level is of emergency, quote-unquote. The CDC did this for very dumb and opaque reasons in a very counterproductive and destructive way, in my view, and that's a view shared by a lot of people, including doctors we've had on the show. It's not just some radio host spouting off, oh, trust the doctors. We've had doctors on, and they've explained why this is a mess. I said, mark my words, it's going to happen for sure in Washington, D.C., because it is a left-wing place run by left-wing people, and they're going to do this, because it's an opportunity to control again. D.C. is the 13th highest jurisdiction of the 50 states plus D.C., 51. D.C.'s 13th place out of vaccination rates. But they're going to find a way. This is what I said. And sure enough, here we are. I was planning on opening the show today talking about the squad and the infrastructure bill and the huge food fight among Democrats right now. The race card being played even more. We touched on it yesterday. We'll get to that later in the hour. But this broke 
earlier today, Washington, D.C., will again require masks in all indoor settings starting this weekend. Mayor Bowser's order will apply to everyone over the age of two, vaccinated or unvaccinated. It is insane. It is insane. You might say, well, that's what you get for living in D.C. (laughs) Fair. But this sort of thing might come to a community or a state near you, depending on the types of leaders that you have. Now, as we talked about yesterday with the mask mandate or the mask recommendation from CDC for vaccinated people, for no good reason, with the CDC director spouting off about some hypothetical possible future problem or mutation, I said, if you go to that well, if you cry wolf, if you do this now where it's not justified at all based on the data, if you need to in the future call for mitigation strategies or new restrictions, even fewer people are going to have any appetite to comply because you're blowing it. You're blowing your credibility even more. And that credibility may be precious down the line, potentially, and it's your fault that you're frittering it away. And I think the same thing applies here in D.C. Let me remind you, they are saying masks indoors. And by the way, they are recommending masks outdoors. For like baseball games and gatherings outdoors. I've been almost at a loss a few different times this week talking about the quote-unquote science, or in this case, the non-science on which this nonsense is being propped up. What are two of the only things that we have known about this disease for more than a year? That kids aren't affected and that outdoors is the safest place you can be. And yet, here's the mandate in D.C., two and up or three and up, you have to wear masks. And they're recommending masks, not just requiring them indoors, but recommending them outdoors in gatherings. It's it's bonkers. It's like some of the only stuff we have known consistently in the science, they don't care. Now. To apply that same message about burning credibility, doing so uselessly for no good reason, before you might actually need it, hypothetically someday, let's talk about what the situation looks like in Washington, D.C. right now. Is there a frightening new surge of Delta in Washington, D.C.? No. Is there an alarmingly low vaccination rate in Washington, D.C.? No. As I said, 13th out of 51. Has there been an explosion of hospitalizations or deaths in Washington, D.C. that informed this decision? No. Let me read to you from the Washington Post. Quote, the highly contagious Delta variant plaguing much of the country has scarcely been reported in the district. And as cases among vaccinated people are generally not severe, the city's hospitals are not overwhelmed by COVID patients. Remember when they said all these restrictions were just to make sure that the hospitals didn't get overwhelmed and overrun and that old people didn't die, who were most vulnerable? Remember, that was the explanation. 15 days, 
to slow the spread. Then 30 days. Stay at home for grandma. Help the doctors and nurses. Well, in Washington, D.C., and across the country, the vaccination rates among the seniors are sky high. We have a fantastic vaccination rate among seniors, which is why you've seen a lot of the decoupling of cases and deaths across the country. Thank goodness. So the most vulnerable are the most likely to be vaccinated. Hospitals are not overwhelmed in Washington, D.C. And yet, here comes the mask mandate, even for vaccinated people who have done the thing that they've been telling us to do. More from the Post. The daily case rate, listen to this, the daily case rate for COVID in the District of Columbia is 8 in 100,000. 8 in 100,000. And here we have the D.C. government saying, all right, mask mandate back, including for you vaccinated people, including for you, little tykes. Tiny Tim, you're four, put on a mask. Little Tiny Tim, four years old at a baseball game, put on a mask. The case rate is eight in 100,000. Vaccinated adults, put on a mask. Would you like to know what the uh, the, uh, breakthrough infection rate is here in Washington, D.C.? Breakthrough infections, people who are fully vaccinated, who are then testing positive for COVID and having, I will repeat, very mild symptoms, if any at all. Less than 0.05% of the population of Washington, D.C. is a breakthrough infection. Less than 0.05%. But on come the masks for vaccinated people in D.C., How about this? Would you like to guess what the seven-day rolling average for COVID deaths in D.C. is? You'd like to guess? Seven-day rolling average D.C. COVID deaths. Because, I mean, we have this emergency decision now. You've got to even mask up vaccinated people and small children in all indoor settings, and they're recommending outdoor settings. There must be some deeply concerning death rate. The average number of coronavirus deaths over the last seven days in Washington, D.C. is zero. Zero. I get that it's a lagging indicator, but we told you about hospitalizations. We told you about cases. We told you about breakthrough infections being extremely scarce. There is no emergency here. And yet the emergency measures at the drop of a hat based on absolutely bleeping nothing are back. By the way, the emergency, the Delta wave, it may never show up here. It might. It might not. We might be on the downslope as a country if the U.K. trajectory is any guide. Cases over there from their Delta wave cut in half over the last 10 days. People saying, okay, maybe that wasn't as bad as they all feared. Let's hope that's the case here. There's good reason to think that. Dr. Scott Gottlieb has made that point. I've said a thousand times, maybe more, the vaccines work extremely well. They're incredibly safe. It is increasingly tough to argue, though, against the critics who say government officials either don't really believe in the vaccines here in D.C. Look at these decisions. They must not believe in the vaccines. Or... They have an insatiable interest in controlling people and exerting power. 
It's hard to argue against those things. Which, by the way, makes it much, much more difficult to convince fence-sitters to go get vaccinated. Good job, team science, quote-unquote. So the performances are back. I saw the Secretary of Defense got off a plane in the Philippines. He's fully vaccinated. He's wearing a mask and a face shield. (laughs) It's just theater. Mask plus face shield plus vaccine. Oh, look. Although Biden, as we heard yesterday, Biden did not get the message. He was in Pennsylvania just glad-hatting with a, a bunch of people indoors, posing for photos, the whole thing, crowded, which is fine. He's fully vaccinated, but I guess they were a little slow on the uptake on the CDC guidance. Over at the Capitol, this is, this is a gem. The rules are different in the Senate and the House. There's not a requirement for masks in the Senate. There now is one in Nancy Pelosi's House of Representatives, Her Highness, the imperious Speaker Pelosi. Once again, members, regardless of vaccine status, regardless, they can say, here's my card. I'm fully vaccinated. It doesn't matter. You have to wear a mask. You'll be fine. Staffers, listen to this one. House staffers who don't wear masks, even if they're fully vaccinated in the House on Capitol Hill, they can be arrested. Capitol Hill police have been instructed to arrest House staffers not wearing masks. It's just insane. And by the way, all of this new guidance from CDC on the masking and breakthrough infections and viral loads from vaccinated people, what is the data? We don't have it. They're saying, well, we have some forthcoming data. And there's this study out of India, apparently, that they're relying on. A study out of India that my understanding is not peer-reviewed and not even involving one of the vaccines that's approved for use in the United States. That's the data that we've actually seen. We had an uh, an administration official, we read this quote yesterday, telling Stat News that health experts, quote, do not have studies proving that fully vaccinated people are transmitting the virus. Oh, that seems sort of relevant. You have the CDC director saying, just sort of estimating in public, saying, "Eh, like every 20 vaccinated people, one or two might get a breakthrough infection. The actual stats show one out of 2,600 have a breakthrough infection. Plus, it also doesn't matter because it's not a serious case. They're asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic, but she's just like spitballing with numbers that are not supported by data. Fauci, in an interview, said that they don't have the full clinical data about the transmission of vaccinated people and viral loads. I mean, what the hell are they doing? This is overwhelmingly an issue and a problem of unvaccinated people. ABC News has a story. Out of 271 total COVID patients in ICUs that were surveyed by ABC News, 94% of them were unvaccinated. 94% out of the 271. And by the way, the 16 vaccinated people in ICU, almost all of them suffer from serious comorbidities and health problems like cancer and weakened immune systems. This is an issue of unvaccinated people, and we have the powers that be in the federal government and now in Washington, D.C. government saying, we're going to punish children and vaccinated people. It is bonkers. One more soundbite quickly. 
Here's Randy Weingarten, our dear friend, teachers union boss, now wavering on the reopening of schools in the fall. Cut nine. Vaccination is the number one gold standard um, that we need to, you know, bring back our masks for schools. So the bottom line is we're going to keep kids safe. We're going to keep our members safe. And we're going to try to open up schools and we're going to try to move through this Uh, political battlefield. uh, We're going to try to open up schools. Keep an eye on that. It's the Guy Benson Show. We're just getting started. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. The Guy Benson Show. More next. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. I'm Guy Benson. We are back. I just saw a clip from the White House press briefing where all the reporters are dutifully back in their masks. They're all vaccinated. The deputy press secretary is briefing and is not masked up. She was asked by Peter Ducey, our colleague. The White House had said not long ago, if you're unvaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. They are still saying we don't support new lockdowns. But what happens if some of these experts and scientists and CDC bureaucrats decide, actually, we do need lockdowns, whether we do or not, whether they can justify them or not, if they start demanding more mandates, more restrictions, if they decide that's what they have to do, will the White House go along with it? And they said, yeah, well, we'll, we'll follow the science, we'll follow the CDC. So not ruling out additional lockdowns. And you might say, well, this is all paranoid. Just, they're not going to do that. They just did a 180 on vaccines and masking and on children and masking with no good explanation or data who's to say that they're not going to do this again on another front of mitigation or restriction do you have any confidence in that i don't one of my very good friends very liberal he lives in dc but guess where he is these last few weeks florida He texted me during the commercial break. He says, I roll at this D.C. indoor. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Roe. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Ask mandate. I may just stay in Florida forever. I think there's some more room down there. Governor DeSantis, is there room for the Guy Benson show? I have to say, I'm thinking about it from time to time. It's insane. We'll be right back. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
The Guy Benson Show. Fox News alert on The Guy Benson Show. President Biden is now calling on states and local governments to incentivize vaccinations with $100 payments to newly vaccinated people. FYI. I'm totally in favor of trying to get people to get vaccinated. I am curious, is that retroactive? For those of us who have gotten vaccinated, do we get $100 for being good boys and girls, or is it just for the new ones? Sort of curious how that works. I'd ask who's paying for this, but I mean, it's just monopoly money in D.C. these days anyway. Good times. As we are back here on the Guy Benson Show, I want to play for you some sound from the Senate floor this morning and then bring in our guest to react. Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader, Senate Minority Leader, was talking about the immigration policies of the Biden administration and juxtaposing what their message is to American citizens versus apparently to illegal immigrants. Cut 11. Message to Americans appears to be uh, put your guard back up, even if you're vaccinated. But to a jaw-dropping degree, the message to people arriving at the southern border seems to be, come on in. Even if you're COVID positive, come on in. He goes on and cut 12. CBP data are reportedly showing a huge uptick in positive COVID tests in the Rio Grande Valley sector. That's just one sector, and that's just among whatever fraction of the individuals are actually being tested. And among individuals in ICE custody, apparently one in three, one in three, are declining to receive a vaccine. Yet it seems the Biden administration doesn't consider COVID diagnosis any reason to make an exception to its catch and release policy. Alarming reports of COVID positive detainees being turned out into Texas communities even have border state Democrats sounding the alarm. Yeah, I mean, this is what's happening. There are people entering the country illegally. They're being detained They're being offered the vaccine. A third of them are saying no to the vaccine. And then tens of thousands of them are just being released into the country, into Texas. Some of them COVID positive. Meanwhile, we still have in place travel restrictions on legal arrivals from allied countries that are heavily vaccinated like the UK. How does this make any sense at all? Of course it doesn't which may be the point. It's just incoherence all the way down. Joining us now is Byron York, chief political correspondent at the Washington Examiner and a Fox News contributor. Byron, good to have you here. Uh, Thanks so much, Guy. I I have to say I feel kind of like a a sucker. I got vaccinated for free. I did it for nothing. (laughs) Me too. Uh, Me too. I I wanted to do it for... (laughs) There you go. So here's a report from Axios. I just want to quote here. About 50,000 migrants who crossed the southern border illegally, have now been released into the United States without a court date. They are being told to report to an ICE office instead, and just 13% have shown up so far. And a whole bunch of them had a deadline. They've missed the deadline. So 50,000 illegal immigrants, unknown how many might be COVID positive, simply released into the U.S. interior without a court date, just over 10%, one out of 10, are actually showing up for these meetings, these sort of unofficial meetings at ICE offices. In a shock of all shocks, a lot of them are saying, you know what, maybe I'm not going to do that. And Axios reporting, quote, it's unprecedented for agents to release migrants without an official notice 
to appear in court. We already had a whole debate, Byron, about the number of people who have the court notices, how many of them show up, how many of them, you know, don't. Is this a viable policy? And it looks like, at least on this front, for tens of thousands of these illegal immigrants, even that policy has been thrown out the door. And they're just saying, eh, just come on in and please, at your leisure, show up at one of these offices if you can. It's pretty astounding, especially when you compare it to the other restrictions that we have, not just on legal foreign visitors from places that are heavily vaccinated, but the new guidance for American citizens, vaccinated American citizens. It kind of spins your head, Byron. Well, you'll never convince me that it's unintentional or that it's just an unintended consequence of the Biden administration's policy. I I believe, having observed them for these last six months, uh, that their policy is to allow as many uh, people as possible to illegally cross the border and remain in the United States with as little process as possible. And I, I think it's important to separate two issues here. One is the COVID issue, which we all pray is a temporary issue. Uh, and the other is the, the larger issue of who is allowed into the country and under what process. So on the, on the COVID issue, I mean, they're acting entirely irresponsibly. I was just just amazed. I mean, you had we had this report in Texas of a migrant family in a hotel, um, and they were sick. They had COVID. They were actually showing symptoms. And uh, either the U.S. government or one of the NGOs contracted with the, the U.S. government had placed them there uh, with absolutely no no precautions, uh, no testing, as you were saying, uh, no, uh, they, they don't have to accept the, the vaccine, uh, all yeah. of this stuff. I mean, it's, it's grossly irresponsible. And, and by the way, just, just the to jump in, just to jump in, Byron, because that just sparked a thought. It looks like the president is about to go about as close as he can get to mandating vaccines for everyone who yeah. works for the federal government, but they're yeah. not going to mandate vaccines for people who choose to enter the United States illegally? What? What? You're absolutely right. I I believe that um, illegal border crossers and teachers unions will be totally exempt from whatever the president says uh, about um, mandated vaccines. But anyway, you have this COVID side, and it's grossly irresponsible. But, but, But even if there were no COVID, this would be happening uh, because the Biden administration has sent this signal, not just to the Northern Triangle countries, not just to the rest of Mexico and Central America, but to the world. I mean, we have, what, 80, 90 countries represented in people who are illegally crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. He has sent this message that, um, that the door is open. So uh, all of these people in this Axios report we're not given what's called an NTA, a notice to appear. And it is not a very powerful document, but basically you're given a court date, which may be two or three years from now, and given this notice saying you have to appear at this court date where your asylum application will be considered. And that was a, you know, kind of a formality that, um, that previous administrations had used and the Biden administration had used in the beginning, and now they are just releasing people. And by the way, they're, I mean, it, they're not just like throwing them out the door in their uh, facility in Texas. They're giving them transportation uh, to Chattanooga or Akron or Spokane or just all, you know, all over the country. Uh, and so, and, and, and the instruction resettle. is 
the instruction is, hey, within a few months, we'd love you to find please an ICE please. office and, yeah. and make your own appointment? Are you serious? That's correct, because the Biden administration says that the incentive is that they can get a work permit if they no. do that. But, of course, they can certainly work off the books if they don't do that. And um, so many of these uh, these migrants, if their cases were given a hearing under current law, they would not be granted asylum. Of course not. So you have to look. I, I just don't believe this is an unintended consequence. I think the the Biden administration, which is which is reacting under pressure from the Democratic base, and remember the the Democratic primaries last year were a bidding war on people uh, on candidates who who wanted to promise the most lenient uh, treatment possible for uh, illegal border crossers, illegal immigrants. Um, so I think this is the Biden administration making these groups happy, maybe just getting them off his back um, by basically throwing out much of our border. Oh, yeah, no, I think it's not really disputable, Byron. I mean, it's yeah. not an unintended policy. It is the policy, right? And if anything... COVID is sort of this inconvenience for the policy yeah. Yeah. because they're telling everyone else that, you know, if you're a vaccinated American, it doesn't matter. Put a mask on indoors uh, here in Washington, D.C. They just announced they're recommending masks again outdoors for three-year-olds yeah. and vaccinated adults. But you've got this massive influx of illegal immigrants at the southern border in the middle of the pandemic that they tell us is still like raging and super, super dangerous. The COVID stuff is an impediment. It's an obstacle to essentially open borders. And I know they get all angry, right, indignant, and the fact checkers they get don't like going, that, yeah. oh, the Democrats are not for open borders, and the DHS secretary insists the border is closed and secure. And then you have this, 50,000 illegal immigrants just released into the country with no court date. I don't know what to call that if not tantamount to open borders. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to stress something here. First of all, I think Republicans uh, are, are, it's certainly fine to raise the COVID objection, but this is much bigger uh, than the COVID issue. And I, I just want people to think, I mean, if you have ever, if, if you're a United States citizen or not, if you've ever flown into the United States to one of our major airports, Chicago, Los Angeles, Atlanta, anywhere, Anywhere you fly into the United States from outside the country, United States officials, government officials, uh, demand that you show documents uh, proving that you have a right to enter and stay in the country. Now, I don't think there's anybody, anybody who would throw that system out. Um, it's a very valuable system, and it's proof that the United States, just like any other sovereign nation, has the right to decide who comes in and who doesn't. And we demand that. We demand that at seaports as well. We demand that of everyone who enters the United States, whether they're a citizen or not. I have to show a passport. Other people have to show some sort of document showing that they have a legal right to be in the country. We demand yeah. that everywhere except the United States-Mexico border, where thousands and thousands and thousands of people are coming across and being resettled virtually, no question. Yeah, I mean, a hundred, a hundred, or a million at this point, more than a million yeah. detentions in the fiscal year, not counting hundreds of thousands of gotaways. And just to put a bow on this conversation for now, Byron, think of it this way, and I'm now bringing the two issues back together 
COVID and just border control and, and national sovereignty. If you are the grandparent of an American grandchild who's living here in America and you live in the United Kingdom, you live in one of the suburbs of London, you've been fully vaccinated, you've tested negative, you're fully vaccinated, you cannot come to the United States, present your documents, prove (laughs) that you are COVID negative and, and vaccinated, and go see your grandchild. That is not allowed under the Biden administration policy. However, if you are a COVID positive illegal immigrant, you are allowed into the country, given a hotel room, released into the interior, and asked politely to, within a few months, find an immigration office and report back. I, it is so shockingly broken and outrageous. It's like a cartoon of what a right-winger would say Democrats would do, except it's real. It's right? broken. I mean, I'm not exaggerating, am I? They broke it. I mean, I'm sorry, I was laughing because the situation was just so absurd, yet it's true. But anytime someone says this system is broken, it is broken because the officials in charge broke it. They, they, they enacted these policies. Um, so there's, and, you know, clearly Democrats on Capitol Hill do not want to stop this. As a matter of fact, they would probably cheer if the administration went somehow went further, because here no, again, this was a Byron, it's not just year. that they're they're having they're threatening to arrest fully vaccinated House staff like you will get arrested if you're not wearing a mask, if you work in the House of Representatives, yeah. even if you're vaccinated. But at the southern border, it's like, come on, it's it's. It's it's a cartoon. It is a cartoon that we're living through, and it's sort of this this very dark cartoon at that. Byron, we've got to leave it there for now. Byron York of the Washington Examiner and Fox News. Always appreciate your time, and we'll talk again soon. The, is, the uh, issue here is not going away. Thank you, Guy. Byron York on The Guy Benson Show, back after this short break. Guy Benson will be right back. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. We just left the floor of the United States Senate, where we had a strong and broad bipartisan showing to move forward on this historic legislation, which will be the greatest investment in infrastructure in all of our lifetimes. Each of us are deeply committed to demonstrating to the country and to the world that our government can work, and it can work for the people of the United States of America. As we return on The Guy Benson Show, that's the voice of Kirsten Cinema, Democratic senator from Arizona, one of the leading Democratic negotiators in this bipartisan infrastructure group where they struck a deal earlier in the week and then there was a vote yesterday to advance the plan and get to the debate. And 67 senators voted in favor, including 17 Republicans. Mitch McConnell was one of them. It wasn't just the Republicans in the group. So it was a pretty strong vote, 67 total U.S. senators advancing this procedural vote. It took 60, they got 67. And we told you yesterday that Kirsten Cinema, I'd imagine along with Joe Manchin, 
they're now starting to not just flex within the Senate and saying, okay, look, we want to get this bipartisan infrastructure deal passed. And we've talked a lot about that. I think on the merits, it's pretty good. Certainly considering that the Democrats are in charge of Washington, it's a pretty good compromise. My concern is having it tied into this $3.5 trillion insane explosion of spending that the Democrats are talking about ramming through just with their partisan votes using reconciliation. But Cinema came out yesterday saying, I'm not going to be for $3.5 trillion. Manchin has said his top number is $2 trillion. I'm not sure if I fully believe him, but I think $3.5 trillion is going to come down. That's my guess. Especially if they get the bipartisan infrastructure through, they'll have a lot of leverage. And remember, the Democratic leadership and Chuck Schumer, they cannot lose a single one of their team on reconciliation because it's a 50-50 Senate. So the left is big mad at Kirsten Cinema. Not only did she help shepherd through this bipartisan agreement, which they hate, she's also saying, I'm not going to go for $3.5 trillion, which they also hate. They also want it to be 5 or $6 because they live in la-la land, where money and math doesn't exist. In the land of the squad, math does not exist. So we mentioned yesterday that AOC came after cinema on Twitter, saying like, oh yeah, good luck if you think you can get this through while screwing over your party. She fell short of actually threatening to vote no, or to tanking either piece of legislation in the House, I wonder if she actually has the cojones to do it. Or if she just, you know, is this just the loud noises part, where she's showing the base how mad and tough she is, but then she'll just knuckle under and do whatever Pelosi says. That's actually what AOC typically does. Part of it's because Pelosi has geared her leadership to appeasing the squad. And then we got a lot of race card stuff being played by members of the squad. AOC and Cori Bush showing photos of all the senators in the negotiation saying, look, they're all white. People of color were excluded. They weren't excluded. Everyone was invited. These are the senators who decided to work together. They happen to be white. That's not an argument. Right? That's just racism. You can make a substantive case or you can say, look, they're all white people. And the squad is going for the latter. It's like they don't know how to actually argue in good faith. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. Live from the most powerful city in the world, unconventional talk from a fresh, unconventional conservative, Guy Benson Show. Welcome to the Guy Benson Show, partnering with Christine Wyatt, Max, and Justin. I'm Harry Hurley, filling in for the rest of today. Guy Benson just put on a master class hour, in my view, and I listened to every word of it. It was one of the most important monologues in America today regarding the new CDC face mask recommendations. We're going to follow up. Uh, I'm, first, I'm going to just sign on to the Guy Benson doctrine, and I couldn't find something he said that I could take exception to. So I'm signing on to it um, wholesale. And if you've been listening to The Guy Benson Show, you knew in advance that this was coming. So to not repeat, but to stay on this important topic, and, and incidentally, if you're 
Guy was here for the whole first hour. Tremendous program and, and great content and Byron York and the whole thing. Uh, and he is on his way now to catch a plane to the great state of Texas. He will have hang time with Governor Abbott, and he will host the live uh, Guy Benson show tomorrow live from the great state of Texas. And also Guy will be appearing tomorrow on Outnumbered on the Fox News channel just to give you a quick update on what Guy is going to be up to a very busy uh, next 24 to 36 hours. But he's always busy. Guy blends major newsmakers, and he proved that last hour, steady stream of important news, Fox News all-stars, passionate and informative monologues. And as I say, I'll just sign on to what Guy did in the last hour. And if you missed it, you missed a lot. But the podcast at GuyBensonShow.com is available 24-7. You'll be able to catch up uh, as soon as Justin takes care of that in a little bit and Wyatt and Max and the whole team. As someone who has been faithfully compliant during the protracted COVID-19 pandemic, I thought this would be a wonderful opportunity on The Guy Benson Show for us to take a walk down COVID-19 memory lane together. I think we've earned this. We were asked, you, you remember, we were asked to cooperate our government, whether it was at the federal level or your governor or your local government. Everyone asked us, just give us two weeks of your lives. We need to flatten the curve. You remember that. It seems like 10 lifetimes ago. Two weeks has turned into infinity. First, Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know him. He told us not to wear face masks. I remind you of that. He actually made up some convoluted rationale that we didn't have the proper training, almost saying we're too stupid to wear a face mask. He said that we would not be able to refrain from touching it repeatedly, and then we could make ourselves sick in the process so that the trained professionals can wear masks, but we mere mortals, we could not. In other words, he lied to us, and we know that, but it was a good lie. The lie was most likely because there was not enough PPE at the time, because remember, and you used, you used to not be able to say this or write it, and if you wrote it, you would probably be deplatformed if you believed that COVID-19 originated in that Wuhan Institute of Virology laboratory. Uh, that was not allowed, especially before first Tuesday in November. That was not allowed. You, you got kicked off. You got your social media posts with some sign placard over it. You had no chance to speak your truth. But remember, the same country that most likely gave us COVID-19 got to sell us in the world, the PPE, the face masks, the ventilators, and other PPE. And that's just kind of ironic, don't you think? But that was the reason for the lie. There wasn't enough of it to go around. So rather than, not, rather than tell us the truth, tell us we can't wear a mask for some reason that nobody believed. Regardless, it was still a bad lie. It eroded public confidence in general, and it eroded public confidence in Fauci as time would go on. Remember next, Dr. Fauci switched it up on us. He flipped the script. Then he told us we should wear face masks. And I know people like Guy Benson and, and, and others, I, I did it uh, on my platforms. We said, wait a minute now. Did we get some new degree, a master's degree, doctoral degree in, in face mask wearing? We can wear them now? 
but before we would we would get sick if we wore them. So it's like the cartoon that guy was talking about in the last segment, in the last hour. It's like a like a soap opera where somebody dies, but then they're back on the next episode because it was a dream. They didn't really die. Everything's fine. It's all great. So then we were told, wear the face mask. And then, as you might recall, Dr. Fauci started wearing two face masks. Lives were lost during this time. Businesses were destroyed because government chose winners and losers. The American people were locked down. Many were prevented from earning a living. It was surreal. Next, then-President Donald Trump was cracking the whip on all the scientists and all the pharmaceutical companies and promised America that he would deliver a working vaccine before the end of 2020. And he stayed consistent on that. Of course, the rabbit-hostile Trump deranged national Democrat media called President Trump a liar. They said that there was no way that a vaccine could be created in such a short amount of time. They proclaimed that Trump would be a, quote, miracle worker if he could deliver on this promise. And, of course, all the pharmaceutical companies who had achieved the greatest response to a health pandemic in the history of the world kept their ultimate success a secret until after the November 2020 general election. Make no mistake about it. This was not a coincidence. This was to hurt Trump. This was to help Joe Biden become the president of the United States. And it was a big reason that it all worked, because you look at how close, I mean, this thing came down. You don't have to get all hung up on thinking voting machines were rigged. I never believed that. And all the other fantasies that were being spread, this thing came down to 40,000 votes in three states, and Trump would have had a second term. Do you think if the American people have been able to process that President Trump had delivered a vaccine that could save the country, save the world, that that would not have made up 40,000 votes over three key battleground states? I don't even think there's a question about that. So next, we're told, take the COVID-19 vaccine, which I did. I heard guys say he did. I heard Byron York say he did, only he wanted, he, he felt he was a sucker because now Joe Biden wants to pay you 100 hours to take the to take the vaccine. So if you waited all this time, uh, you 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 might get paid to take the vaccine. Beautiful, beautiful country. But remember, we were told take the COVID nineteen vaccine, and you'll get your life back. In fact, and I'm quoting him directly: President Biden proudly proclaimed and promised, "quote If you take the vaccine, the pandemic is over for you." Quote end quote. So that's a false. I mean, do we have like a better business bureau that we can go to? I mean, all of, it's one lie after another. So the pandemic was over for you until it wasn't over. Now, yesterday, the CDC, the centers, plural centers for disease control and prevention, they come out and say that basically 66 plus percent of America should immediately start wearing face masks indoors all over again because they said areas with high transmission rates and according to CDC guidelines, that's 66 plus percent of America right now. And it's growing with positive infections. The Delta variant leading the way with more than 
83% of all new cases, and I think that number is even climbing. So you can't blame. Dear elected officials that scammed the American people, you can't blame the American people for feeling betrayed, duped, lied to. Fauci says the science hasn't, science hasn't changed, the disease has. And I'm going to give him a, a, a sliver there of truth. In fairness, he has a point. The Delta variant is much more contagious than the Alpha variant. No empirical evidence whatsoever. And for some reason, nobody seems to be in a rush to study this. But from anecdotal evidence, it appears that the Delta variant is more contagious. In fact, one person said to be able to infect eight people in seconds. So it is, I'm going to believe the science. They keep telling me and you to believe the science. I'm going to believe the Delta variant is much more contagious than the Alpha variant was. In fact, more than two-thirds of America right now are states with high transmission rates, as I said a moment ago. So what that means is if you follow the CDC guidelines, the different governors and different elected officials down through the state, county, and local levels, if they follow the CDC guidelines, then indoor mask wearing is back in effect. So it begs the question, Guy Benson articulated it very, very well in the last hour. I'll pose the question again on the Guy Benson show in this hour. Does the vaccine work? Isn't that a terrible question to pose after a hundred and some, 50 some million Americans, nearly half the country has taken both shots. And if it's a one shot deal, or if you've only taken one shot of Pfizer or Moderna, it's, it's over 60 some percent of the American people have at least one shot. But I want to believe the vaccine works. Again, I want to trust the science. And if the vaccine works, then why are people that are vaccinated, why are they, why, and I'll say we, I'm one of them, why are we wearing masks again if we're following the CDC guidelines? It doesn't make any sense. I don't ever attempt to speak for the American people. However, it's easy to see. The American people are exasperated. I think the upcoming midterm elections of next year are going to be absolutely epic. I think the American people have had it with Biden and his absolute dishonesty. Remember, he came in saying, I will always tell you the truth. I don't have time today on the Guy Benson show to run down the list of lies. These aren't just small tales. And later, we'll, he, he lies about big things. He lies about small things. He's like Commander McBrag, if you remember the cartoon series. Look it up if, if it's something that you've never heard of or seen before. Commander McBrag. Biden can't help himself. He's like Ann Richards. He can't help it. He actually, and he's trying to walk it back, and we'll cover this later in the program, but he's actually taking credit for driving some 18-wheeler because he really, he projects, he really believes that if he's staring at a truck and if he sat in that truck, that automatically leaps to he drove that truck and he shifted through all those gears and downshifted. The psychology in America is very fragile at this time. Not 
I, I don't know anyone except for political, creepy purposes that could possibly be happy about what's happening right now in so many ways. Inflation is going bananas. GDP, which should have been with the pent-up demand of the American people, to miss GDP expectations and to have last month's downgraded. This is really incredible stuff. But it's where we are right now. The supply chain is broken. Our country is broken. And now the same people who told us, trust us, take the vaccine, and the pandemic is over for you, are winding the game back up to almost the starting line. I don't know about you. This feels like February to me, not mid-summer where this kind of thing wouldn't even be, wasn't even talked about last summer. Last summer was more normal than this summer. How is that possible with 150 plus million Americans vaccinated? So it's starting to have that feel all over again. We've now hit the latest critical phase of the pandemic. And more than one third of the American people remain unwilling to take the vaccine. So that's pretty, when you think about it, it's free. It's so crazy available anywhere, and they'll come to you. If you dial a number in your community, you don't have to go to CVS or to your to a doctor or a hospital or anywhere. You make a phone call, and they'll come to you with a styrofoam container with, with dry ice and, and your vaccine in it. Make no mistake about it. President Biden twice in one day, in the past 24 to 36 hours, called unvaccinated Americans stupid. Now, he'll say, I didn't call you stupid. I just said, if you didn't take the vaccine, you're not as smart as I thought you were. It's a public disgrace. Kids have not been in the classroom since the second marking period from school two years ago. And just when you thought the pandemic was over, no, it isn't. And that's where we are right now. We'll be right back. This is the Guy Benson Show. Guy Benson will be right back. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him, you love him, you want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show. Guy will be back tomorrow live from the great state of Texas. He did the whole first hour of the program. Guy and I did this one other time, and it was a lot of fun to uh, partner with Guy on the same program. So much that I want to share with you in, in the few minutes that we have in this segment. Nancy Pelosi, obviously, she wants to fine members $500. If they, and that's each time that they're not wearing a face mask. Senate, though, the air is great because no face masks there. But the House floor is evidently another planet or something. Then, of course, you have the southern border wide open with illegals pouring in, many with uh, COVID-positive uh, uh, issues, and yet the northern border with double-vaxxed Canadians and folks from the United Kingdom, they're denied access. It is bizarre world. Let's hear a view from the People's House. Cut number two. This is uh, Chip Roy, the congressman from Texas. We have a crisis at our border, and we're playing footsie with mask mandates in the People's House. 
I mean, it's absolutely absurd what this body is doing, the people's house. It's an embarrassment. It's a mockery. And the American people are fed up. They want to go back to life. They want to go back to business. They want to go back to school without their children being forced to wear masks. And the speaker comes down here at 10 o'clock in the morning saying, we got to wear masks in the people's house while we've got thousands of people pouring across our border and Democrats don't do a darn thing about it, heavily infected with COVID. We are absolutely sick and tired of it, and so are the American people. This institution is a sham, and we should adjourn and shut this place down. Right on, Congressman Chip Roy, but he's not done yet. Justin, cut three. We got to go around and see, okay, we can't come to the floor. I can't execute my constitutional duty unless I wear a mask. Which is it? Vaccines or masks? Do the vaccines work or they don't work? Do the masks work or they don't work? I'd like to know which it is. I'd like Dr. Fauci to come down and answer a single question about nat- natural immunity. Have you been infected with a virus? Do you have immunity? Or are they just going to go around poking people saying you must take a vaccine? Oh, but sorry, the vaccine doesn't work. You must wear a mask. Imagine that. I mean, so you know that something else has to be in play here. And it's raw politics because they know the southern border is wide open. They know that thousands of people are unchecked. They're not even keeping track. They're, they're told, hey, you know, sometime next couple of years, go, go find an ICE office and, you know, and, and do the right thing and self-report. This is incredible. Griff Jenkins from the Fox News Channel joins us next on The Guy Benson Show. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. The Guy Benson Show. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show. Harry Hurley filling in for the rest of today. Guy is en route now to the great state of Texas. He'll broadcast live from Texas tomorrow, and he'll also be on the Fox News channel on uh, the great program Outnumbered. This is a real treat. I, I, I don't think he could possibly remember little old me, but all the way back in the 1990s, when Griff Jenkins, the, the fabulous Fox News channel correspondent, was working for Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, one time only, I guess hosted for the colonel. And I had the privilege of working with Griff Jenkins. Met him the day before the show, and we worked together uh, for three hours. So we, uh, it's, it's a homecoming for me. And uh, Griff, welcome to Guy Benson's show. I've really enjoyed... <laughs> watching your career you couldn't possibly remember harry hurley a one-time only guest host it's just not possible harry are you kidding me the annals of talk radio greatness remember may of 1996 and it was my great honor to work with you when i was just a young whippersnapper as a producer of ollie north's common sense radio you did an amazing job but here's the thing that was 25 years ago. You're going to date ourselves. Everyone's going to think we're just a bunch of old geezers reliving the good old days. It is great to be on with you. How have you been? Griff, life is great. Obviously, we're all dealing with what we're dealing with, but um, what a, I, it's a privilege. And, and I've just so much enjoyed your growth, uh, your incredible work. And let me remind Guy Benson's listeners about the day where my friend Griff Jenkins was at the crossing at the Rio Grande 
and he met his new friend Juan. I have to say that was some of the most epic, live, incredible, unscripted television during a pandemic. You were you were. I mean, the the smuggler was so comfortable, Griff, you disarmed (laughs) him and the information you were able to glean was incredible. And I'm so happy that I get get a chance to tell you how masterclass your work was that day. Oh, man, Harry, I really appreciate it. That's very kind of you. And I would say two things. Number one, the training I got in the 90s screening phone calls with aggravated callers who hate conservative talk radio (laughs) when you were hosting for Ollie prepared me for it. And number two, I have to disclose that my Spanish-speaking skills are that of a five-year-old Spanish-speaking child, which is offensive to Spanish-speaking five-year-old children. But yet the, the smuggler did engage me in the uh, some of the, the officials, Border Patrol officials there, Deputy Chief in the Del Rio sector, said, Griff, we were watching that exchange, and we were hoping that you would just keep trying the best you could with your uh, broken Spanish to get him talking because he said so many unique things, whether it was talking about how he feared the Mexican officials who were corrupt more than the American officials like the Border Patrol, or whether he was talking about he was specifically paid the equivalent of 100 to $200 a day to simply do this organized cartel moving uh, of, of what is largely Venezuelans uh, or Haitians coming across that sector, across the Rio Grande River, and the fact that he would be making about 10 or $20 a day. So that's what he did, uh, and it was really a fascinating thing. I appreciate you saying it, but I was glad to be able to just show it because, you know, I'll be honest with you, Harry, not a lot of other networks or, or media outlets are showing what we have on the border. And what we have on the border is not only a humanitarian and national security crisis, it is a complete controlled uh, criminal operation by the cartels because they know they've got our officials, our guys, our men and women in the Border Patrol, overwhelmed, outnumbered, and they're just making dollar after dollar profiting off it. We're visiting with Chris Jenkins, Fox News correspondent extraordinaire. How surreal is it for you? And you spent a lot of time. You've done a lot of good and important work there at the southern border. How surreal is it for you as an objective news person that calls it like it is to see the southern border wide open and all the problems, COVID-19, human trafficking, drug issues, enough fentanyl has come in since Joe Biden's been president to kill the country and every citizen four times over plus, and that's growing by the day. And we compare that whole tragedy, and it is a human resource tragedy, it truly is, to the northern border, which is all buttoned down, double-vaxxed Canadians, double-vaxxed friends from the United Kingdom. They can't come in, but this is wide open on the southern border. Griff, it has to be their plan. It can't be by accident. This has to be by design. Well, don't take it from me. Take it from the numerous Border Patrol officials that I've interviewed and put on the air, whether they be a former uh, acting DHS secretary, Chad Wolf, or some of the chiefs that are currently out there talking about their lack of resources, but won't go that extra step to say that it is by intention. However you want to call it, the fact of the matter, politics aside, is that The migrants, particularly from that northern triangle area of Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, see nothing but a giant blinking green light and an open-arms welcoming sign that says, 
come now. And that's why you have seen more than 170,000 migrants over the last four months. We've got a record over a million total this fiscal year. And, you know, what is most frustrating to me is that the chiefs all along the border, the 2,000-mile border from Texas to California, are all saying we need three things. We need manpower, technology, and infrastructure. That infrastructure means a wall to help detour the problem. Add to it the the absolute uh, exasperation of the Border Patrol agents, particularly in the RGV. You may have seen last week I broke a story about the RGV sector is up in a 900% spike of COVID cases among detainees. And I broke that story, Harry, because a agent leaked to me a official CBP slide that showed that factor so that leaders could warn the rank and file guys when they went out after their morning muster meeting on duty to realize the risk they were up against. And so whether or not there is politics in the decisions made by this administration, which is a complete reversal of all of the policies under the Trump administration. One thing is for sure, they're not heeding the advice and really the pleas at this point of some of the officials to try and get this back under control. It's, breath- it's breathtaking. We are visiting on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Line with Griff Jenkins, Fox News Channel correspondent. And in my estimation, you have done, I can't pick someone that's done better work at the border and, and, and many of the other assignments that you do during very, very inclement weather. And uh, you have been out there really getting it done. And, and, and I've also enjoyed your work uh, on Fox and Friends. Griff, in terms of the southern border, I mean, I think that we see the polls. The American people get it. I mean, the Biden administration tried to blame it on Trump for five minutes and nobody was buying that. It's abject failure. It's a disaster. And the problem is it's going to become a problem. It exacerbates every day. And over time, there was a um, representative, I believe he's a Democrat, not Quayer, but another one uh, that said, look, in four years at the rate we're going, this is five million illegals that will be in the country. And they're not being vetted. We don't know. And you know this, Griff. Bad actors take advantage of something like this uh, that mean to do us harm. So how big, a, even though the rest of the pro-Biden Democrat media, they are purposefully not reporting how serious this is, how big a problem is this in your estimation? In my estimation, it's never been a bigger problem since I first started covering the border in 2010. That was back when I was Greta Van Susteren's correspondent. The Arizona governor at the time, Jan Brewer, was trying to deal with spiking numbers on her border, and she wanted to deputize the Border Patrol local officials to help Border Patrol uh, uh, get things under control under a law then being uh, pushed called SB 1070. Since then, uh, and thank you for the kind words, I've covered the border extensively. And let's not forget, back two years ago in 2019, when everybody was talking about the threat of these caravans, I talked to my bosses at Fox. I said, you know what? Let's let's call everybody's bluff in the media saying, oh, these caravans are not a big deal. Let's go down and look at it. And I traveled all the way down to San Pedro Sula, Honduras, where all caravans begin uh, or were beginning at that time. And I went all 7,000 miles bringing it to you every day, every inch of the way, all the way up to Piedras Negras across from Eagle Pass, uh, Texas, which is in the WS sector where we were engaging that, uh, th- that smuggler. 
last month. But even then, when we looked at those caravans and these massive numbers coming, it is beyond what I even imagined, and that was an overwhelming of the uh, uh, U.S. immigration system. Now you have lost total control down there. That's what we're hearing from every official. And it's not Griff Jenkins' words. It's the chiefs and the officials who have been there for 25, 30 years, lifers trying to secure our border, who say we've never seen anything like this, and they fear, genuinely fear, for what the future holds. Just look at today, Harry. I was on the air all morning long reporting at the White House on the vice president releasing her, her, her root causes strategy to get root causes in, in the, the Northern Triangle under control. Nowhere in those bullet points were elements of hardening or enforcing border security. Sure, there's talk of modernization and technology, but nothing like a wall, nothing like more manpower, nothing like cracking down uh, on, on going uh, uh, further and expelling the, the nearly 200,000 migrants a month we're encountering. And you know the money was appropriated. The money was there to finish the border wall. This is this is a Biden doctrine. This is a plan purposefully to not complete the border wall. So I have no choice but to believe this is what they want. And how serious a problem do you believe, even from a health standpoint? I think it is it is just unconscionable that they're actually letting people into the country that we don't know who is COVID-19 positive. We don't know anything and they, they, as you know, they, and you've spoken about it well, they've ended the practice of even scheduling these fake court dates that are years down the road. Now it's like, hey, um, here's a list of uh, ICE offices, you know, in a couple of years or whenever you feel like it. Could you stop by one? It's self-report. It's, it's on you now. Griff, this is, this is bizarro world. It's not even just bizarro world, Harry. It is frightening if you consider the fact that the episode that just happened in La Jolla, Texas, an area where I've covered extensively, we saw the area there, the local police issue a COVID alert because what had happened was CBP had processed a migrant family who was dropped off at a Catholic Charities NGO who in turn had then been placing COVID positive migrants in a hotel. They were in a local Whataburger next to the hotel, coughing and sneezing on masks and a customer Whataburger flagged down the La Jolla PD, and that's how they learned it. They are furious that CBP, neither CBP nor the, uh, the, the local charity, had notified them that they had an entire hotel full of COVID-positive migrants. Now, if you walk back just for one second, what the problem is, is that when the migrants come across illegally the border and first encounter that first point of contact with our CBP, they're simply separated processed, and then moved either to Title 42 expulsion, meaning they're sent back, or they go into the HHS facilities like the unaccompanied children do, or they're given, like families, as families, to the local NGOs. But the testing to find out if they even have COVID doesn't happen initially in CBP custody. It happens after CBP either sends them to the shelter or to the NGO. The ones that are expelled and sent back don't even get tested. So we don't actually know. When I reported a 900% spike in migrants in the RGV, that's among those that they detained. The ones that they encountered initially, it could have been higher. Final minute, hard break coming up. Griff Jenkins on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Line. 
How concerned should the American people be? They should be very concerned, and they should be angry in demand of their representatives that more attention be given to the border to try and get it at least under control and put the politics aside, whether they're Republican or Democrat, to try and get things back to where they were. Fox News All-Star Griff Jenkins, this has been a point of personal and professional privilege to present you today on The Guy Benson Show, a Griff Jenkins-Harry Hurley reunion event 25 years in the making. Let's do it again soon, Harry. It was great to be with you, my friend. Be well, my friend. Be, take good care. Be safe. It is, um, wow, there is so much to still unpack. Much more straight ahead when we come back. Sheldon Whitehouse is getting a little bit of the treatment that he likes to dish out when he's doing his day job. We'll tell you about that next on The Guy Benson Show. Fresh conservative talk. Guy Benson Show. With Fox News Podcasts Plus, you can enjoy all your favorite Fox News podcasts without commercials. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcasts.com. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show. Harry Hurley filling in for the rest of today. Guy did a masterclass, awesome first hour. Uh, he's en route to his flight to the great state of Texas. He'll have hang time with Governor Abbott, and he'll be broadcasting live and direct from Texas tomorrow. The Guy Benson Show live from Texas, and Guy will also be on Outnumbered. So you know uh, that will be um, must-watching. Now, I I don't say I enjoy this kind of thing, but one good turn does deserve another. When you have somebody that's particularly offensive and they're really tough on whether it's witnesses before a Senate hearing, uh, a, a Republican nominee for a position that requires advice and consent, someone like Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, who to say is sanctimonious, uh, is is about the best compliment that I can give him. And he's been getting worked over pretty good over this Rhode Island exclusive club. And he, he almost pretends like he's just sort of like a detached member, but he's much more than that. Uh, and the Black Lives Matter Rhode Island chapter is demanding that Democratic Senator Sheldon Whitehouse cut all ties with an exclusive Newport Beach Club or resign. Now, we only have a few minutes, and Dr. Mark Siegel is going to join us right after the break, and that's not to be missed because there is a lot to talk about relative to the new CDC guidelines. Are these vaccinations, are they actually working? I believe they are. I'm just going to pose the question because being forced to wear masks when you're told the pandemic's over for you, then do we not trust our own vaccine that we've bragged about? So I'm going to pose that question and a whole lot more with one of the absolute best in the business, Fox News medical correspondent, contributor, Dr. Mark Siegel. But getting back to White House for a moment here on The Guy Benson Show, I heard him and I saw him and he was just not handling it well at all and just tried to deflect it like, like I said before, like he's some passive pass through that it isn't even really uh, a significant issue. I don't think this pressure is going to be dropped, and it could be very um, necessary. Uh, Democrats get away with a lot, but they don't get away with everything. 
And I can tell you, if a Republican were a member of an all-white beach club, there would be hell to pay for it, H-E double hockey sticks. Let's see what happens. Is, is this, this is not going away yet, so it's not a short-term story. Let's see to what extent the Black Lives Matter Rhode Island chapter and others continue to put the heat. And then to Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, how does it feel to be at the receiving end of what you do all the time? This is The Guy Benson Show. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. It's 5 o'clock in the most powerful city in the world, Washington, D.C. It's time for the Guy Benson Show Happy Hour, sponsored by the Finnish Long Drink. Finland's most popular alcoholic beverage has come to America. Visit thelongdrink.com. And now, here's your host, Guy Benson. Welcome to the Guy Benson Show. It is the happy hour, but boy, it's going to be serious. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this hour. Harry Hurley filling in for the rest of today. Guy was here for the first hour. He is traveling right now to a key border ground state, to the great state of Texas. And the program, the Guy Benson Show, will emanate live and direct tomorrow from Texas. Guy will also be on Fox News Channel's very popular program, Outnumbered. Uh, tomorrow as well. So a very busy day for the Guy Benson Show. And uh, for Guy Benson, you can follow Guy on Twitter at Guy P. Benson uh, and also at Guy Benson Show. The podcast is on demand, GuyBensonShow.com. Dr. Mark Siegel will be joining us in just a moment, uh, the Fox News medical contributor and the author of the book. And, and really, every time I think about just the title of the book, COVID, The Politics of fear and the power of science. It, it's prophetic. It, it rings true over and over and over again. We, we keep being told, we still keep being told to follow the science, to believe in the science. And yet our government told us that our government told us that get the vaccine and the pandemic is over for you. Fox News medical contributor on the guy on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker line, and again the author of COVID: The Politics of Fear and the Power of Science, and really the man of the hour with the new CDC guidelines and everything that's unfolding. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show, Doctor Siegel. Thank you, Harry. How are you? I am very well. I, I am double vaccinated, as you know, and I'm wondering: did did our government dupe the American people, sir, when they said? Get the vaccine and the pandemic is over for you. Only no, it's not, I guess. Actually, I, I look at it a little differently. I, I actually agree with the pre, with what the president just said, which is, and I've been saying this for a long time. Maybe he heard me say it, which is that if if everyone in the United States would take would take this vaccine, we'd be done. Well, I agree and with I, that. I, compl- I but, completely but you, agree but, with that. But you know that's not true. That's not going to happen. There's a, at least a third of the unwilling. And I think a lot of the recent actions and this newest thing from the CDC, uh, how's that going? And the the president calling people stupid. If if you didn't take the vaccine, you're not as smart as I thought you were. And all this stuff that I don't think helps uh, the unwilling change their mind. 
Yeah, that was a big problem. I wrote a piece on that about that that's, uh, that just went up on Fox.com today about how the, the, people don't understand that vaccine compliance is based on a lot of different things, and and reasoning with people doesn't work, and showing them numbers doesn't work, calling them stupid definitely doesn't work. Yeah. What what works is figuring out where their emotions are coming from and trying to meet them with the emotions of of what you think. Uh, and that actually why I think that the the president's speech was effective today. I thought it was a big shift. Now, I hope he sticks to it. Historically, he hasn't. But he was humbler today and emotional. He was emotional. And that, it's emotions that are causing people to not take the vaccine. It's fear. It's emotions. You know, I, it's it, maybe maybe people are more worried about the vaccine than they are about the virus, which is, you know, unfortunate. But you have to respect that. Too. Do you think it's also distrust, but, Dr. Siegel, distrust in the the government. I mean, for example, the House, they're wearing masks. The Senate, though, the, the, they have the greatest triple, quadruple air purifiers and handlers on planet Earth because they're not wearing them at the Senate. I think there's a big distrust factor here as well. Yeah, that's that's the idea of do what I say, not what I do. Yeah. Um, and and the other thing that we fail to do as a country, and again, I, I'm pointing this out because I want your listeners to know that I'm an honest broker here. I thought that I thought that President Biden hit this point today, and I was really glad to see it, which is we're taking this vaccine to protect our family, to protect ourselves and those around us. They've done a very poor job at that idea. There's been way too much, well, you know, take this vaccine, you'll stay out of the hospital. Take this vaccine, you won't die. If you don't take it, you're stupid. Look, the real purpose of a vaccine historically has always been to protect a community, and we've done a poor job of making people or, get, or getting the point across that we want to decrease the amount of virus that's circulating. That's why you take the vaccine. And that, that was something that they finally came to today, and that's something that's not being emphasized enough. We're a good people. We're a really good country. Mm-hmm. We're, there's a ton of really caring people in this country that don't want to see the guy down the road getting sick because they didn't get vaccinated. So, you know, that's what works. It's an emotional plea. Protect people down the road. I think you said it, but I think this is sort of a distinction with a difference type of follow-up. And for those just tuning in, it's the Guy Benson Show on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Line. Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News medical correspondent extraordinaire. The When the CDC comes out with these guidelines that even those who are vaccinated, if you're indoors and you're in a high transmission rate state or area, whatever, however you want to word that, uh, you should wear a mask. Their guideline is that you should wear the mask. What do you say to those who are been playing, been compliant, been playing by the rules, got double vaccinated, or the one if it's the Johnson and Johnson, got themselves fully vaccinated, and now they're told they have to wear masks? Why do they have to wear masks? Who are they helping? There's three reasons for that, and I think the third one is going to bother you the most. It's the one you already thought of, but I'll tell you the first reason. It's because they saw some results that showed that when people got COVID and got sick with COVID with the Delta variant, that they had more virus in their noses than they were expecting, and they worried that if they didn't tell vaccinated people to wear a mask, those vaccinated people could spread it. But what they didn't pay enough attention to, and I spoke to the CDC director about this the other day, Walensky, who's a very serious infectious disease specialist in her own right, world-renowned. World and she said, you know, other data is showing that 
asymptomatic people who got the vaccine are not are not spreading it. So that means that if you ain't sick, you don't need the mask. And so they didn't really put the data together the right way. If you got a sneeze or a cough or congestion or, you know, then and you're vaccinated, you might have COVID. Wear the mask. You know, maybe get tested. But but the idea, to your point, of sticking a mask back on everyone that's vaccinated sends the wrong message because it sends the message maybe the vaccine didn't work when, in yes. fact, the vaccine worked tremendously. And the problem we're having now is that there's so much COVID around or coming back that you could be vaccinated and be exposed to enough virus that you actually get sick. You might be have 85 percent protection against the Delta variant, but that's 15 percent non-protection that comes out if you come face to face with COVID. So I think masking up vaccinated people was was not the right move in this case. I think that that they went with that they went too far and they didn't look at their own data. I, de- I definitely think vaccinated people should be masked indoors in close quarters. Unfortunately, probably the same people that are that are declining the vaccine are also declining the mask. True. And some are actually talking about mandating the the, uh, the face masks to be worn outside as well. So they're really getting on the last nerve of a lot of people who I think have been compliant and have been very, very decent throughout this because we want to help. I want to do my part. You know me. I've been I've been very compliant during this. I'm going to play by the rules if I'm if I'm in a high transmission indoor setting uh, and the rate is such I'm going to wear my mask and I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, But there are a lot of people that are complaining about it because they feel that the government has been dishonest. I think it is fair, and I wrote a piece about this, I think it is fair to say, though, Fauci, who is not real popular right now, I think he did tell the truth on this occasion where he said the science hasn't changed, that basically the disease did. Uh, Because obviously this Delta variant is different than the Alpha variant. And I want to ask you about that because in all the, the politics of this, no one other than you and, and, and your colleagues on the Fox News Channel, your medical colleagues, are saying this. The, the vaccine is extraordinary, and it works. So if someone were to be one of these breakthrough thing, we keep hearing the jargon, but nobody really even describes what that really means. So if I'm double vaccinated and I, and I catch COVID-19 anyhow— what would most people, how would they do with it? How would they recover? What is there like almost no chance that you're in the hospital and, and going spiraling downward that you will handle it because you are vaccinated? Certainly going to be a much milder case in the vast majority of cases. The risk of being hospitalized is much, much, much lower, not zero, but much lower. And so that's that's another idea that Another reason to get vaccinated, because it, it, it increases your chances greatly that you're going to get a mild case. Now, the president said something today, which the CDC director told me the same thing the other day, which is that we're not at the point of boosters in the United States, but meaning that that they're showing enduring immunity in all groups, except for the immunocompromised, by the way. Over time in Israel, they're starting to see the vaccine uh, wearing off to some extent, and they've started to give boosters. We're probably going to go there. We're probably going to end up with boosters in the next few months here. Not yet. 
Um, but you know what's more disturbing is the idea, and this was not touched on today, that we have countries like India, maybe because we renamed this the Delta variant, we forgot that it actually came from India. India has less than 10% vaccine uptake, so that means when the virus is spreading around like wildfire, it mutates and you get a new variant. We could end up with one that we don't have a vaccine that covers. Africa, 1% of Africa is vaccinated. So we have, we're in a worldwide mess here. And and certainly we've been in other worldwide messes like measles is one where we're, we're protected by our high compliance rate, even if the rest of the world isn't. So we have a double problem. One is, are we vaccinated enough? And the other is, you know, are we allowing uh, variants to, to, to come in through through our borders, which I, ta- I wrote about that weeks ago. Like, mm-hmm. we should close the border to India way, way too late now. And then there's our southern border where, co- where COVID is coming in. So we're not paying attention to all the public health things. We don't have all of our cards, cards on the table here. You're always on point. We have two minutes with Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News medical correspondent on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker line. In terms of reported cases, now we're the most honest broker, I believe, in the world, so we're actually reporting honest numbers. So I would, I would stipulate part of it is we're honest. Uh, but the United States today, I believe, I'm, I'm accurate with what I'm about to say to you, Dr. Siegel, we reported the highest number of new cases in the world And you take, for example, 25% of new cases in Los Angeles are fully vaccinated people. How concerned should our listeners be about what I just said to you? I don't know how we're going to get it to happen. Do you have what are your thoughts on how we're going to get it to happen? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't I don't know, because there's a third of the population that I, I don't think they're persuadable. There's there's a conservative talk show host that was very much opposed to vaccines. I'm not making I'm not exploiting him. He is now on a, on a ventilator, and if he survives, he is going to be the biggest proponent. He has said this through his brother. He is going to be the biggest proponent of getting vaccinated that the country will know. But it took him nearly dying, and he's still not out of the woods. He went from oxygen to a ventilator last night. I don't know that we have an answer because if they're unwilling. Uh, you know what the answer might be? And it would it would cause probably something that would make the summer of love look peaceful. It could require mandates, which, which well, you, you know, know people it, are doing it, now. So- and, and that's what the that's where we, that's the whole discussion today is on mandates, and I'm, and everybody is a little more comfortable with the idea of a business having a mandate than the government once right. again, you know, intruding and 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 overreaching. But you know, with a business, I kind of like the model we're seeing, which is get the vaccine, or we test you. Now, the only problem with that is. People are going to know who's who. So, you know, if you if you say mask up, if you're not vaccinated, then everyone goes, is going to know who's who. But you also know that when you people. have Dr. Siegel, you know this all too well. And I just want to get in here real quick. We're down to like 30 seconds before a hard break. The folks that are getting tested, they can test negative one day and they could be positive the next day. Yeah, and so that means frequent testing. That means they're going to have to test people twice a week. And that's actually what they're doing uh, in my hospital right now. In the end, uh, by the way, totally different discussion, and we only have 10 seconds. I'm not opposed to hospital workers having mandatory vaccines because I don't want them anywhere near patients unless they're vaccinated. So I'd start with my own group here. And, and businesses probably have a right to do it, and I think we're heading in that direction. But we need kindness, Harry, right? 
Great discussion, Dr. Siegel. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, as always. You're welcome, sir. Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News medical correspondent, will be right back. This is The Guy Benson Show. The Guy Benson Show. More next. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. Team Christine is very ably holding down the fork for the great Guy Benson, who's traveling to Texas. And he'll be broadcasting The Guy Benson Show tomorrow from the great state of Texas, also appearing on the Fox News channel uh, for Outnumbered. This is The Guy Benson Show. Harry Hurley filling in with Christine, Wyatt, Max, and Justin. This is The Guy Benson Show. This, I don't do this, I take no joy out of this segment. But at some point, I know it's going to matter. I just can't tell you the day, the time. But at some point, this whole mental acuity thing and our president, Joe Biden, is going to matter. It just it's happening with incredible regularity, even with the most scripted presidency. I mean, we're talking printed note cards that have the most basic things. Remember to say that Kamala Harris is smart. I mean, just incredible stuff like you'd have to you'd have to have that on a note card and there's this other problem that even as he's slipping he just can't stop it from his days as a plagiarist to all these other things where the great truth tower because he said i will always tell the, tell you the truth and that's just not been the case there's just so many examples where that is not true the exact opposite is true. But a couple of days ago in Lehigh, Pennsylvania, this this is this is classic stuff. This is going to go down with the greatest hits album. President Joe Biden claimed that he used to drive an 18 wheeler. And we have the proof. Justin cut 32. And if we I don't used to do drive an 18 wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish oh, yeah. I <laughs> oh, I wish I could hear the answer at the end, the reporter. Oh, I wish I could. Just accepting that Commander McBrag did, did drive an 18-wheeler. Uh, the New York Post and others in the media have done exhaustive research on the topic. They cannot find – they asked for the proof. The closest they could come that Joe Biden actually drove an 18-wheeler is a 1973 article – from the Wilmington Evening Journal that showed that Biden rode in an 18-wheeler, did not drive in an 18-wheeler. He said, I used to drive an 18-wheeler, man. I mean, and they they don't worry about this stuff, though. It doesn't seem like it matters. I think it's going to matter to the American people. It it, certainly the the Democrat pro-Biden media doesn't care. And they're pretending like none of this is happening, but it really is. When we come back, oh, this is going to be incredible. Congresswoman Kat Kamek joins the Guy Benson show next, and we'll be talking about Nancy Pelosi's new rules, the fines, threats of arrest, and more on the Guy Benson show. 
The Guy Benson Show. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show. Guy on his way to Texas. He'll be broadcasting live from Texas tomorrow. Uh, really important key, of course, uh, border state. And with Christine Wyatt, Max, and Justin, I'm Harry Hurley filling in uh, for Guy for uh, this hour. Guy was here for the first hour. Uh, did absolutely great job on, on the important topics of the day. It's my pleasure to welcome back to The Guy Benson Show, United States Congresswoman Kat Kamek. And she is a small business owner, great pedigree, longtime deputy chief of staff for the district that she represents, and is a graduate of the U.S. Naval War College, the distinguished gentle lady from Florida's third congressional district, Congresswoman Kat Kamek, on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Line. Congresswoman, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Pleasure to welcome you, and oh my gosh, do we have a lot to talk about. I mean, this is incredible. (laughs) We'll start with the January 6th commission. See if you um, agree with what I'm going to say, and then I'll tee it up for you to to, um, take out your driver and hit it away. The (laughs) January 6th committee, the Democrats are trying to fake out the American people that this is just like the 9-11 commission, which I'm very familiar with. Uh, It was on air at the time. My former governor, Tom Kane, a Republican, Lee Hamilton, the Democrat, collegial, professional, co-chair, equal authority. Each side had an equal number of members on the committee. Neither side had the opportunity to veto or prevent any of the other side's uh, chosen participants to to be able to participate. Uh, Congresswoman, I respectfully submit to you, not only is this not like what I just described. This is the opposite of what I just described. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you look at this entire situation and how it has evolved. And, and quite frankly, how anyone can get behind a committee that has a predetermined, politically motivated outcome in mind from the start is clearly not interested in the truth. We all see this a mile away. We see this for what it is. They have been parading uh, this narrative around and and people that think that if they get out there and say that this was um, in no shape, way, or form the responsibility of Nancy Pelosi and the leadership um, of, of her office and talk about what was known and what was not acted on, People will never get the answers. Where, where are the 14,000 hours of surveillance and camera footage from around the Capitol complex? Why are we not talking about the briefings that the intelligence agencies had delivered to the Capitol Hill and the leadership office of Nancy Pelosi? Why did she not instruct Capitol Police and Sergeant-at-Arms? Because they work for her. Why did they not have proper preparations, knowing that the intelligence was there. And why did Muriel Bowser tell National Guard to stand down and direct that Metro Police not deliver mutual aid and to pre-position people down on the mall, not at the Capitol? It seems like people are looking to point fingers anywhere but at themselves. But again, you know, when you talk about the last few months of the comments that have been made on the House floor, by uh, Steny Hoyer, by Chuck Schumer, by Nancy Pelosi, you look at everything that they have said, something sticks out to me. 
They said, we are going to get to the, the real truth. We know what the real truth is. You just don't want to hear it. I think they mean their truth. Because we've been asking for facts and data and footage and really an inclusion of all parties. But when Nancy Pelosi starts pulling people off of the committee like Jim Jordan and Jim Banks because she's fearful that they will ask the tough questions, that tells you everything you need to know. This is not partisan. This is not about getting to the the bottom of it. This is not about uh, doing right by the Capitol Police who, who put themselves on the line that day. It is not about accountability. Because if there's anything I know about Nancy Pelosi, it's that she skirts transparency and accountability every single day. She cannot stand to be held accountable for one of her decisions, which, of course, leads us into her actions today. You are listening to United States Congresswoman Kat Kamek on The Guy Benson Show. Could not agree more. I'm not just being uh, cooperative or gratuitous. I could not agree more with the narrative that you just shared. And I would only add, I think you basically said it in so many words, Nancy Pelosi should not have been in control of this whole process. She really no. should have been a witness. I mean, to, to, yeah. to short circuit and not allow the discussion, because after all, if she had done her job, we wouldn't have a committee right now. There wouldn't be a select committee. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. She wants to flex her, her, her muscle and, and really make everyone on Capitol Hill subject to her every whim. But when it comes to being held to account for those whims and those decisions, she's nowhere to be found. And if you look at the um, January 6th commission, the legislation that was proposed by Representative Rodney Davis, a Republican who runs uh, the House Administration Committee as the ranking member, this was a bipartisan process. It was equal representation, equal subpoena power. Yeah. It had a level playing field. This was in the days right after. But it took several months for the Democrats to really put together a completely political machine that is designed to suppress Republican participation in the process and really to make Republicans a target. There was no holding a Democrats or Nancy Pelosi in her office accountable for the failures of that day. Let me be clear, that day was horrible. That was an awful day that no one wants to repeat. I don't know a single member of Congress who has not condemned and renounced and, and spoken out very loudly about the violence that occurred that day. It's, it was a very, very terrible, dark day in our country's history. And the only way that we can prevent another situation like that is by learning the failures of leadership and making sure they never happen again. But Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about that. She cares about scoring political points. And mark my word, she's going to drag this commission out all the way through up into midterms when she's going to release some bombshell findings that have been kind of lingering for several months and it's again, it's the timing all lines up for her to say, look, we need we need to have the house again because we're the only ones who are exposing the truth. But it's her truth, not the real truth. It is so I, I, I know what you just said. It's going to be prophetic. That's exactly how it's going to play, because it is completely political with them. And I also think it's to your credit that you didn't wallpaper over. I mean, January 6th was terrible. You know what else was terrible? It was. The, the summer of love was also terrible. The whole year of 2020 
with violence and murder and mayhem and fire and destruction and everything that was going on and and serious crimes where all the charges were simply dropped. Seventy plus percent, seven zero, Congresswoman, percent of the American people want there to be a select committee on that. We're not going to see that, though, not in this session of the Congress. No, no. And that's and that's what is so frustrating is there was a lot of debate back and forth about do we include the lead up to January 6th? Is there a correlation between the riot, the very bloody um, crime ridden summer that we had just gone through? Or as CNN likes to say, fiery, but mostly peaceful. Exactly. Cities are burning down behind the reporter. Um, you know, I think I think you can argue both sides, but that doesn't matter. We should be getting to the bottom of that. Listen, as the wife of a first responder, I know exactly how violent, how awful the protest, the BLM movement has been for our communities. They don't give a damn about justice. This is about political opportunity. And you look at the Black Lives Matter movement. There's a lot of questions about all the money that's been raised, a lot of questions about their leadership. When you get to the root of it, they say we're trained Marxists. We're not really after justice. We're here to serve a political movement. And we don't care who gets hurt along the way and how much damage is caused while we're doing it. And there seems to be deafening silence coming from the left when it comes to how police were treated then. I know for my husband, he sat on a rooftop in our local hometown police department while he was being told, stand down. The, the building was being surrounded by uh, protesters. And that is a very, very scary thing. And I'm telling you, the American people see through it. I don't know who Nancy Pelosi thinks she's ruling, but the American people see through it. No one is buying their BS. And when you look at the riots that occurred last summer, there needs to be a discussion. There needs yep. to be investigations into that. And there the American people actually be- want that. There's not even a majority yeah. of the American people that even want this hearing, this select committee. The, a significant, super, super majority of the American people want a select committee to get to the bottom of what happened with all the things we just talked about. You and I could talk about this for an hour, a week, a month, and we and we would never have to repeat ourselves. There's so much that we won't get to say about that topic. But I want to get to one more in the about four and a half, five minutes that we have with the United States Congresswoman Kat Kamek on the Guy Benson Show, Newsmaker Line, the distinguished gentlelady from Florida's 3rd Congressional District. And that is that Speaker Nancy Pelosi, this is really incredible, threatening arrest of congressional staff and visitors if they're not wearing a mask. And, of course, for you um, wonderful members, your penalty would be, I believe, a $500 fine uh, Mm -hmm. if you're not wearing a mask uh, on the House floor. Talk about all of this. What are your feelings about and, and by the way, you know this, Congresswoman, the Senate, they ha- they must have like the best air ever oh, it's pixie conceived. Dust. It's magical. It's yeah. pixie dust. It's right. very pixie yeah. dust. Yeah, it's, it's, su- uh, it's, su- it's super magical. Yeah. So, yeah, they, yeah, they're not wearing masks, but you are. And then look at these draconian, I mean, unserious uh, rules. What are your thoughts about all this? Well, you know, this morning um, I was I was coming in the building. It was about um, seven o'clock in the morning, and one of the Capitol police officers pulled me aside. And I I, I know him. Um, I, I know his name, and 
he said, hey, I need to tell you something that happened at roll call this morning. And proceeds to tell me that his direct supervisor told the shift change at roll call that they needed to start implementing new guidance. And that guidance was to arrest any visitors or staff that was attempting to enter the building or walking around the halls without a face mask. And went on to tell me that they mentioned members. And while they are not saying arrest members, make sure you write down their name or try to take a picture of them, report them immediately to the sergeant at arms, which, of course, as we know, reports directly to Speaker Pelosi. Now, this comes as a result of the CDC guidance on Tuesday in which the House attending physician told my colleagues, the Republican colleagues, yesterday afternoon that that CDC guidance is based on a study that has been uh, failing. It failed peer review. It is unpublished, unavailable for the public to view. And the study was conducted in India on a population that received a vaccine that did not receive approval in the United States. So I asked to be a house attendant physician um, whether or not the CDC routinely publishes guidance based on unproven, unpublished studies that have no merit uh, certainly not to be making public policy. And he said, well, he doesn't know because he has not been able to read any of the studies and certainly not the one that he couldn't get his hands on, which brings us to this new mandate. It's unbelievable that in Nancy Pelosi's home district in San Francisco, they will not prosecute, they will not arrest someone for stealing, for shoplifting, anything under $1,000. It's free game. We've all seen the videos of people robbing targets and TJ Maxx's and whatever, walking out with bags of clothing and other goods. But here, it is a $500 fine, your first offense, and then you go to jail. You get arrested. Wow. What planet are we living on? And this is just absolutely ridiculous. And it reached a point where after the officer told me about this, uh, he he managed to get me a copy of the actual memo because I wanted to be 100% that this was something that had been issued. And I have the memo in actually right here in my hand. And I began sharing it with my colleagues and saying, you know what, I'm, we're not going to comply with this because this is not about science. This is about control. This has absolutely nothing to do with public policy. And they say, well, we have uh, COVID infections here on, on Capitol Hill. Well, they have nine, nine out of a campus of several thousand, all of whom had been fully vaccinated and even the CDC can't even go by their own guidance on this because they list Capitol Hill as one of the most vaccinated, low infection areas in the country. Yet we are going to have some arbitrary lockdown where we are forced to wear masks. Absolutely not. I will not comply. My colleagues will not comply, which is why we stood in solidarity, marched over to the Senate through that magic pixie dust uh, that exists for, for our listeners, uh, for the listeners who are, who are tuning in. You can literally walk right through the rotunda to the Senate side, no problem. There is nothing that separates us, yet this guidance applies only to the House because Nancy Pelosi wants to rule yeah. with an iron fist, and uh, she is continuing to fearmonger and gaslight, and it is so incredibly wrong, tyrannical, and we're just not going to take it anymore. This is about power and control, and we need to get back to the science. Congresswoman Kamek, thank you so much. We've got to run, as you know, and I know you have to run as well. And you have the memo from the Capitol yeah. Police Chief Thomas Mang- uh, Manger. So they, um, 
they, they can call you a liar if they want, but you've got the proof that you're not. Uh, keep up what you're doing, uh, and the American people, I know, appreciate your efforts. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Congresswoman Kamek, we'll be back. And when we come back, we're going to shift gears. It's the least watched Olympics in decades. But I have something interesting to share with you next on The Guy Benson Show. The Guy Benson Show. More next. It's The Guy Benson Show. I'm a fan of The Guy Benson Show bumper music, too. That just jazzed me up for this closing segment today. Uh, Guy Benson will be back tomorrow. Uh, He'll be broadcasting live from Texas and on Outnumbered as well on the Fox News Channel. Busy day for Guy Benson and The Guy Benson Show tomorrow coming up before you know it. I, I don't have time to go into depth about Simone Biles, but let me say from the very beginning when there was a lot of cruel things being done, I, I have accepted. It's a significant – when you – first of all, she's running at like 15 miles an hour. You think about that in a car, it's slow. It's fast for a human being. She is flying. She is doing things that no other female gymnast has ever done. That, that one vault that, that ended it all was supposed to be a two and a half. She, she lost spatial orientation. She did one and a half uh, revolutions, rotations, and you can be killed. I completely support Simone Biles with her decision, uh, and she doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. What I would like to end the program, though, with is the fact that, yes, this is the most poorly watched Olympics ever almost ever, in three, four decades. But something great did happen. Simone Biles steps out. Sunisa Lee steps up. Less than two months ago, she was in great pain. She was having problems. COVID-19, although she didn't contract it, it hit her really hard. She had deaths in her family from it. Her father was recovering slowly from paralysis, from uh, some type of accident. And she was ready to quit. She was ready to quit the sport, and now she is a two-time individual gold medalist. Let's end the the happy hour on a real positive note and celebrate greatness in all its forms. Thank you for the privilege of working with Team Christine today. Always a pleasure to work with Guy, with Christine, Wyatt, Max, and Justin. This is The Guy Benson Show. Listen to be part of the conversation with me, Brian Kilmeade. I'll talk about the biggest stories of the day and get your take along with some of the biggest newsmakers around. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the podcast at briankilmeadeshow.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.